Hello out there, ladies. It's Rochelle with another episode of Unabashed You, where we as women get to talk about stuff. Unabashed You is women talking about stuff. It's a place where we can be uniquely ourselves without apology. We want to be wise, to know our worth, and to enjoy whimsy. Here is a woman who embodies the three tenets of worth, wisdom, and whimsy. You'll hear throughout our episode, Susanna feels her worth through her faith, has some nuggets of wisdom to share about timing, and currently loves to watch parks and recreation to get her laughs on. She understands she needs time alone as the introvert she is, but knows this doesn't take away the love she has for her husband or her three small children. We truly have something to learn from each other. Enjoy the episode. Susanna, I think of my first impression of her, which was incredible. In my formal work, I received resumes and cover letters occasionally for those seeking work as a teaching artist. It was far more common to receive a casual email that was inquiring about work, sadly to say, often with misspellings and very little thought put into the body of the text. Susanna's correspondence was professional creative, passionate, and I could read between the lines that she had the enthusiasm and dedication to do an outstanding job because she already was an outstanding individual. Anything she didn't already know, she learned. She remained so until this day. And of course, I hired her. excuse me, which was the plan the second I read the email. I didn't even have to actually meet her. That gut, that gut feeling just said, oh, 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 she's, she's in. There's no question about it. So welcome, Susanna. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Rochelle. Thanks so much for having me. (laughs) How about that for an introduction? You know, I love to bring that story up because to this day, no one has ever, ever, blow me away like that did. I mean, you know, I've received obviously others since then and before then, but yours yours is just like that gold star standard. What can I say? What can you say? That is very humbling. I appreciate that. Sure. I like the job because it was one of my favorite jobs that I've had. I'm so glad. All right, so let's get to know you. What three words would you use to describe yourself? Oh, boy. I don't like talking about myself. So, <laughs> um, let's see here. And I listened to your show, so I knew this was coming. Um, I, I am very loyal. I would say I'm very compassionate. And for the final word, hmm. I am. I am just faithful. I'm faithful and lost person, and now, but 
different things in different contexts, so loyal, compassionate, and faithful. Now, as you were hesitating between two and three, I would have thrown in loving. Okay, I was just thinking, I love people very hard. Once you, you know, once I get to know you, and I've committed to their friendship, then I feel like I do love very hard, so I appreciate that. Yes, so I love all those words, and the ones that I used to. So, in our pre-talk, and it was so funny that we ended up talking about this because I was going to ask you this anyway. It's just, I'm so excited to hear what your answer is going to be. Instead of just one of your favorite TV shows in general, just what is one of your favorite TV shows now, lately, during COVID? Because some of us are binging more than maybe we used to. And I know you have three small children, so that really shrinks your binge capabilities. But is there, do you have a go-to show right now that you're enjoying when the rare moments you do have a moment to watch TV? So I would say that I have a, I finally decided with the kids that I have to watch something other than like cooking shows and things that are safe. So with the, with the kids, I watched, it's kind of cheesy, but the House on the Prairie reruns. Oh, Love it, and we read through the first book. So we watched together. It's usually very safe. Um, nothing too traumatic happens. <laughs> um, and then for myself, I don't know about you, but I really just want to laugh at the end of the day when I'm tired, and I don't want to have to think too hard. Right. So uh, we, my husband and I, have been watching Parks and Recreation. We have. <laughs> yes. When I talked about this, but it just makes me laugh. It makes me cackle, and that is pretty rare to do. She did such a great job, uh, Amy Poehler, in that role. And, you know, having that ensemble was really uh, such a good fit. And yes, we, and I also have been rewatching that one. And, and, you know, the thing, and we also talked about this about comedy is that. It's very easy to go back and watch comedy again and again. And what's so amazing about comedy is that you laugh. It's like you know exactly what's coming. It doesn't, it doesn't, the element of surprise, I don't think, has to be there for comedy to work. Yeah, I just really I never and I, yeah. I like that. Then there's always something that I miss, you know, whether it's Tom's expression or because it just depends on who you're watching in the scene and so if I'm watching Donna instead the second time around then I get to see her expression you know in the in the scene so I don't know or people different people's reaction that's what's so smart about that show is the you know, breaking the fourth wall they look at the camera yes, um, yes. <laughs> I love that I just think it's just it is a good, uh, it does make for, you know, I don't know what the very first show that ever really sort of did that. Well, probably going way back, way back. We'd have to research it. But The Office certainly is one of the more modern, popular ones. Uh, what was that yeah. from the early 2000s, maybe even the late 90s um, that did that. And then um, Parks and Rec followed that same format and then along came modern family and they also followed that format of talking to the camera and it does allow for really interwoven interesting storytelling to do it that way so it, it appeals to me and i'm glad it appeals to you too 
Next question. Who would you want to be stuck with on an elevator? Okay, this this could be somebody you already know, somebody you don't know, somebody famous. They don't have to be famous. Just somebody would be like, yeah, that'd be kind of fun because then I could get to know them a little bit. I could, you know, and maybe you're going to be stuck for a while. Now you're going to have plenty of air, so that's not going to be a concern. You're safe. Who do you want to be stuck with? Okay. Um, does it have to be someone living? No. Okay. Well, I, okay, I thought about this the other day. This was the hardest question for me, actually. And we've talked about how I'm introverted and I have to have the answer, you know, and be able to think through things. And I actually thought about this and now I'm forgetting what I've decided. Um, I I actually have always been fascinated with, um, well, I love Corey Tiffin. She's one of my favorite heroes of faith. I think she's a fan. She was a fantastic person. Um, but just in terms of people that I think we, I could be friends with, I, I don't know if you've seen Unbreakable, the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Yes. Um, Ellie Kemper, I think, is just hilarious. I would love to just have coffee or tea with her and chat about life. I think she's probably, you know, one of the funniest people I've ever seen on television. (laughs) Well, that's good. And she also was on The Office towards the end there. Yeah. Oh, you know what? The other person I was thinking, even though she had a very sad life, I've always loved Judy Garland. I think all of the movies, um, you know, I loved her voice. I think she led a very, you know, she was not a very happy person. Um, Right. Well, that might be interesting to kind of, if she was open to it, to kind of, you know, talk to her about that. And, you know, what a legacy she left and how probably amazed she might be by that. And yet you're right. You know, what a very tragic life in so many ways and uh, very sad. All right. Moving on, Judy. We love you. Okay. Two truths and a lie. And you know how this works. Three things about you and I get to pick the one that's not true. Okay. The tricky thing about this is that you can see my face, so you'll probably be able to read me. <laughs> I'll look away. I'll look away. <laughs> I can shield your face. Um, I was accused of shoplifting at a Walmart and taken into custody for shoplifting at a Walmart. I had brunch with Lady Faga in New Orleans, and I broke my tailbone going cliff diving in Pigeon Forge, Wow. Wow. Such variety. What a, just a tremendous variety of answers to choose from. Okay, so shoplifting well first of all i know you would never shoplift so i I don't say anything yet because i'm I'm still processing if that one ends up being um the truth and that i would say that that was because there was a misunderstanding as opposed to you actually did it okay so put that one aside for a second 
Lady Gaga brunch in New Orleans. Hmm. I'm that that one seems like a little bit of a stretch. Like like maybe you saw her in New Orleans, like walking down the street. That yes, I could see that. And your last one, breaking your tailbone in a very specific geographical area of Tennessee that I can't remember now. I think that one's true. I think the first one's true, so I think the Lady Gaga one is false. Uh, Lady Gaga is true. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Tell us immediately that story. She, so Tyler and I were there. We were actually driving cross-country when we lived in San Diego. Um, we stopped through. We were driving to Georgia, and we stopped um, for a few days in New Orleans, and we were eating brunch, having brunch, and she was there for a wedding. For She was in the bridal party, and so she was having brunch, too, and I could see her. I mean, we didn't sit together, but technically we were eating, and we had Okay, all right. I pictured you at the same table eating brunch. Sorry. No, 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 no. Don't be sorry. I think it's funny. It's funny. Okay, that. Okay, so now we need to hear the shoplifting story. Yes. So we, my sister was sixteen. I was twelve, I believe. We were. She was about to go on a church trip to Jamaica the next morning. And we were shopping for toiletries, as you do the night before you go somewhere. <laughs> At least we And this man followed us out into the parking lot and um, then ended up approaching us, taking us back inside to Walmart into custody because they said we had been shoplifting. She was trying on, because for church trips, a lot of times you have to have, we were going to be teaching BBS and that you have to have, you know, modest clothes, extra modest clothes. And so she was like trying on some long skirts uh, and things like that. And he said that we had taken too many things into the dressing room <laughs> and he thought we were shoplifting. Uh. It was very upsetting for me as a 12 year old and I still don't like Walmart to this day mm. for many reasons but that's one of them <laughs> so you got it cleared up and you were able to prove that you had not taken anything without paying for it I think our parents ended up having to um, talk to the security guard he was undercover that was another thing is that he was this grown man following us out into the parking lot and he had no uniform on or anything. And so we were pretty unnerved at that, you know, that there's a man following us to the parking lot. Um, so it worked out. Obviously, I'm not in jail and I'm already not served time. And I'm happy. But how traumatic as a 12 year old and a 16 year old to be accused of something you didn't do and weren't trying to do or even thinking about doing. Oh my gosh. I just have that face, you know. I just look like I'm going to get into trouble. <laughs> oh, not at all. All right, moving on. As women, so you've heard the podcast, you know that the, this podcast is built on worth, wisdom, and whimsy, not, not in any particular order. So I, I think as women, we do struggle with worth. How do you counteract some of the mixed messages that we receive as women? How do you 
anchor in your sense of worth? Um, I think, and I, I think we're going to talk about this, but when I uh, graduated from college, I got married, moved across the country to California from Georgia, and lost a job offer, turned down a job to marry my husband, which was obviously the right choice, and um, then ended up finding a job through you, thankfully, which was a huge gift. And I, in that moment, though, when that first month that we moved to San Diego, all of these things that I held very dear were kind of taken away. And so it was then that I started thinking about the kind of things that I put my hope in. Um, And I think I did find a lot of self-worth in relationships, in, you know, relationships with my family, um, in my role as a theater student. I studied theater. I have a BFA in theater with a concentration in music, and that was a huge part of my life that wasn't there anymore. Um, And so that is really where God started showing me, hey, these are all things that don't really have, they're good things, right? They're not bad things, but um, your worth is not in these things. Your worth is in that you are uh, a daughter of the creator of the universe. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's the answer to right. your question. No, we, that has been a common uh, answer that it, it, it boils down to not what you do, but who you are and whose you are. And I think yeah. that's that's really beautifully put. What is one of the wisest things anyone ever said to you? Probably, I can see your dad and mom just full of wisdom. And But is there, like, there, we probably all have a few things that we, you know, kind of, they're in rotation. They're in rotation. And depending on the situation, you're like, you pull it out. And you're like, oh, oh, this is just one of those ones. Do you have uh, one of those you could share with us? Sure. Okay. Of course. Uh, the first one is more uh, relevant to my season now as a wife and mom. I think in those first few months when you have a newborn, it can just be stressful and exhausting and just a little bit of a blur, right? Because you're in the newborn vortex. Um, and so one of my sweet, sweet friends, she said, texted me one morning because she was asking how she could, you know, she was just reaching out basically. And um, I said, you know, it's just been kind of hard because this is my third baby and he's, you know, I don't have energy to take care of my other two babies. And it's just a weird <laughs> transition. And she said, you know, it's only a season. Um, uh-huh. And people say that to you in the context of, your children are going to grow up so quickly before you know it, which I don't appreciate, by the way, because I do my best to cherish the moments, but when I'm frustrated, I don't want you to tell me that they're going to grow up quickly and I need to cherish the moment. I would rather you just, anyway, we can talk more about that later, but yeah, it's just, it's only a season, and I felt that's so true, it is only a season, it's a few months, and then sleeping through the night. And, you know, now he's almost one and go very quickly, but it is only a season. And so I think in that 
there is the wisdom of just finding joy in the mundane moments, you know, just kind of being faithful and finding something to laugh about and something to smile about in those kind of ordinary days. Well, that is incredible because I don't know if you remember Priscilla's episode, but she talked about finding, uh, I don't remember she said joy, but of love, loving loving what you do in the mon- mundane moments. So that is just so similar in that way. Yeah. And I love that expression. It's more than an expression. It's a truth. It's for a season. It's for a time, a time period. And I think that's exciting in the way that you mentioned, like you can like really embrace, oh my gosh, these three little rascals, they're all here and in these different developmental stages. And I just get to really just enjoy it. And then also, on the other hand, know that the, 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 the sleep deprivation is not going to last forever. Cause I think that's the hardest part of having kids is that, that just like cry, crying because you just want to sleep. Yeah. I always say that my children have taken a piece of my brain. Each one of my children has taken a piece of my brain because I am no longer able to recall things as I once did. But they've also taken a piece of my heart. So Aww. it's a good trade, right? That is so sweet. I love that. Oh, I love that. All right. So this will be interesting because of the season you're in. The last fun thing you did. The last fun thing I did with my kids or no, I don't care. Hmm. Well, I really enjoy being alone and I treasure those moments. <laughs> so this sounds terrible, but for all you introverted moms out there, you'll appreciate this. I today had the privilege of dropping my kiddos off at my sweet neighbor's house for a few hours. And so I was able to finish my tea while it was still hot. (laughs) And I also had the opportunity to write for a little bit, which I really enjoy doing. And I never have the capacity mentally to do, (laughs) but I could because I didn't have people asking me questions, you know, all the time, which is, I'm thankful for them, but you know what I mean. I absolutely do know what you mean. And as a fellow introvert, we were talking about this in the pre-talk, introverts absolutely require time alone. That is how we get re-energized and refreshed and, and we're able to, you know, be animated for our kids or our jobs or other people or whatever it is. And People don't understand, or, or, or maybe it's more of an intriguing, fascinating thing that just because we might have a theater background does not mean, does not equal we are extroverts. There are plenty of intro, introverts in the theatrical performing arts world, which people who don't know that, you know, they're like, what are you talking about? You're you're so animated when we go out and we're amongst people and all that. You're, you tell these stories. And I'm like, yes, I do those things. But then I, I have to hunker back down and just really like, I'm making a sound effect, not a very good one. <laughs> just like. I understand that. You have to decompress. That's yes. what that sounds like. 
that, yes, thank you. Thank you for translating that for me. The decompressing, yes. Yes. Yes, so true, so true. <laughs> I love that. Time to take our deep dive into the topics that uh, we talked about talking about. So in no particular order, I'm just going to kind of facilitate things. Let's start with the fact that you are a military wife. And as you said, in no short order, you got married, you, you graduated, you got married, you moved across the country. Yes. Away from your family, away from what you knew, to yeah. to a completely different city. What I mean, was there a part of you, especially being an introvert, that you know, was afraid to do that or excited and afraid. That's probably how I would be. Yeah, I think, I mean, if you've seen Into the Woods, I'm thinking about Little Red's song. I was excited and scared. <laughs> That's <laughs> exactly how I was feeling. I was excited and pretty nervous, but also, you know, you're a newlywed, so I was just, you know, ready to start, you know, creating my home and decorating and unpacking all of our boxes and just happy to be there with my best friend. I was thankful, you know, a lot of people don't have that opportunity. So I was thankful I wasn't alone and we could figure it out together. When he was home, he was going a lot. But right. <laughs> Working, of course. Then, yeah. so you worked, you worked in performing arts for a time and then you got the call and now it's time to move back across the country, but not near where your family is. So now what's that like? You, you get the order to, to move. Yeah. You mean here where I am now in Vermont? No, because you went to Rhode Island first. Right. Yes. So we, I love San Diego and we talked about this the other night. I really just thought there was no better place in the world <laughs> because I love the beach. I love the people. Um, I loved just the whole geography of it. I thought it was just a fantastic place. Um, and then our move to Rhode Island was different because it was very cold. Um, we actually moved. I was newly pregnant with number two, and we moved in the middle of winter oh. to this place that was, I mean, it's not just like a light snow. You know, Rhode Island is New England, and so... We, I think we had a snowstorm the first Saturday we were there, and I just remember crying, thinking, we are not, I am not going to love this place. I am never going to have friends. I am never going to, we're never going to find a community of people that we love. You know, we're never going to find a church. And my sweet husband, just every time, will just look at me and say, honey, it's always like this at first, but it's only a season. And we're going to adjust and it's going to provide. That was my other piece of wisdom that my parents always said was, God's going to provide. God will provide. And That's so, right. I'm sorry. We forgot to circle back to that second one. Okay. God's going to provide. Thank you for reminding me. Okay. All right. So, so now you're in Rhode Island and Tyler is comforting you with these words of wisdom that your parents also used. Yes, exactly. So... You know, I think it doesn't help in that situation that it didn't help that I was pregnant because, hello, hormones. Um, I was pretty emotional. I'm an emotional person anyway, and so 
part of that with pregnancy and it's a little bit of a mess but you know it's God's mess to deal with <laughs> um, but it, you know I feel like you I saw the Lord provide I, I think it says I can't remember what song but it says the, the boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places I have a beautiful inheritance and I saw God you know, things would fall into place. We found a community. We found friends. Actually, one of our couple friends from San Diego, who was actually, they were in our, we were in the same Bible study. They were in Rhode Island, too. Hmm. So we, to continue that friendship with them, which was really sweet, and we're still friends with them now, some of our dearest friends. Um, so it is. I think in hindsight it wasn't that bad, right? But to me at the time, I thought I was going to die and I wouldn't be able to survive. (laughs) 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 Then the move to Vermont. Then we moved to Vermont and I thought, well, at least I'm used to the cold weather. (laughs) (laughs) But that was also really neat too because my husband is pursuing his masters right now and he really thought that he was going to be transitioning out of the navy after we moved from rhode island but a job opened up and he is able to work full-time while also finishing his masters so we're really thankful for that and um, again god has provided friends dear friends that we love here God has provided new opportunities. I have friends who are farmers. I've never, uh, you know, I have close friends who are dairy farmers, which I think is really neat. You have another um, family that we love, and they're maple syrup. You know, they have maple syrup, maple syrup, sugar house. Um, so we had a lot of neat experiences that I think we wouldn't have had if we had stayed in Georgia. You know, no offense to Georgia. There's a lot of neat, there's a lot of fun stuff there. But for us, it was just now. I think we love moving, and if we ever have to live anywhere for longer than four years, we're gonna think, well, this is strange. We're used to you know transitioning every three to four years. We're, we're used to moving. I think we're going to miss the Navy. We're going to miss the opportunity to explore somewhere new, um, and that is. I think something that we, that's not something that we felt initially. Well, and isn't that amazing, though, that you were able to go from, um, you know, being excited and obviously a little, uh, you know, a little bit fearful about what this was all going to be like. You've done it now one, two, three times, if I'm counting that correctly, and now you don't even know what it what it would be like not to do it. That's how far you've grown in this ability to be flexible geographically, start over each time. And I really want to say that I I am very uh, admiring of your marrying a military man, signing up for knowing that the certainty of where you would be living and how he would be serving was not there. So I admire you for that. And then I also am grateful for Tyler because he is doing some of what we need in our country, which 
which are people who will volunteer and say, yes, I will serve my country in this capacity. I will go and do my best. I will do a, an excellent job. I will, you know, represent our country well. I think there is a lot to be said for that kind of service. And I think we're better now at recognizing it than we were, you know, in my earlier life. But um, I, I think it, it's a sacrificial life on your part and his part. And it does not go unnoticed. And I'm sure your parents would say the same thing and are very thankful. Obviously, they're thankful for you. <laughs> You're their daughter. But just, you know, that kind of love, that kind of love. Thanks, Rochelle. That's, that's very humbling. I think if Tyler was here, he would say it is, it is his honor to be able to serve. And we both have just enjoyed the journey. It's been a blessing for us to get to know so many different types of people and so many different places. It's just been it's just been fun for us. It's been an adventure. <laughs> it was, hasn't always been easy. But I, I was thinking of that same word, adventure. And so it hasn't always been easy. This was one of the other topics we had. Marriage being hard. Now, it's not just like it's just hard for you. I mean, anybody who's gotten married, it you know, it, it's hard. You know, making that con yeah. making a commitment to another person, the the you know, making decisions together, different personalities, all those sorts of things. What did you want to say about that? Because you've been married eight years. It seems longer than that. Yeah, eight years is nothing though, you know. So many people have been married longer than eight years. <laughs> but I mean you've moved three times across the country, one, two, three, you know, you've been across the country a couple different times. You have three kids, all of this in eight years. It's mind-boggling. I will say, I will kind of give you, backtrack and give you some context for us. When we first got married, we, so we dated for, uh, we had dated for, we were dated, we dated and were engaged for exactly a year. Um, and I think we were married a year to the day. So um, we, Things happen very quickly for us, as they do with a lot of military couples, just because you have a specific timeline that you have to follow. Um, and so we, of course, loved each other. But we would if Tyler was here, he would tell you, we are polar opposites. Um, on any personality <laughs> test, we are on opposite ends of the spectrum. So uh, he, I think... You know, I am probably the more compassionate one and the more sensitive one, and he is more, um, I won't say that he's not emotional. He's just very, he's just more, he's a logical, critical thinker, um, more, uh, it's less about emotions for him, it's more about, um, you know, a commitment. But I will also say that he has one of the biggest hearts of anyone I know. Um, so, you know, when we first got married, I think we came from two different, two, two not completely different backgrounds, but, you know, each family has their own dynamic, um, the way that they do things and handle certain situations. And Tyler and I 
came from different backgrounds in that regard. And so whenever we, whenever we had conflict, it was Susanna talking, talking, talking too much, far too much. And I had to have the last word because I thought it was brilliant. I thought everything that I said was brilliant. <laughs> and Tyler would just clam up and he would bottle things up. And, you know, and then I think we also dealt with, I found out I had some physical problems that I didn't know existed before we got married. And he was going out to sea a lot um, when we first got married. And so there were all these layers that we really didn't have time to process because we would engage in conflict and then he was gone, you know, so we didn't have to, we didn't really have to work through anything or couldn't work through anything. Um, and that was really painful. And I think, you know, they always tell you, make sure that you're fighting fair. And we did not, we were not really, I wasn't considering him when we were having conflict. I just wanted to be heard and to be known and understood. And he would probably say the same thing about himself. He also, bless his heart, probably did not know what to do with my plethora of emotions. I mean, I was a little bit of a roller coaster. So um, I think there was a lot of, a lot of grace because we, you know, could have, it could have been much worse than it was, but we actually met people and God brought people into our lives who had been there and who could talk through things with us and who could walk through things with us. And honestly, it is not healthy to bottle things up. It is far better to process even if you have to process externally with each other and say hard things, if you have a third party there who can mediate, I think there's so much wisdom in that and there's growth that can happen, right? Because you're committing together to work through something. And that was another thing for us too, is that we knew we had committed in marriage to each other. And so, um, divorce wasn't an option for us. Um, and so we just had to kind of trudge through the <laughs> trudge through the mud together, and it was not. It was a very painful season for a long time, and and I think neither of us really felt comfortable opening up to our families about that because we were embarrassed and there was shame, um, and so we we just kind of had to figure it out together. That was part two of. of what was, I think, so healthy about being far away is that we were forced to work through things together because we had each other, and that was pretty much it. Um, thankfully, we had uh, we had Bryce. I don't think that we could have been able to survive apart from, from that, from him, but it was rough. <laughs> it was rough for the first few years, and I think, you know, I, I'm... I was hesitant to talk to friends or family members, like I said, because I didn't want to scare my friends who weren't married and make them think that marriage was just terrible <laughs> and that there's no joy in marriage because that's false. There's so much joy in marriage, but it is something that you fight for every day and something that you work for. And I think your hope has to be in someone other than your spouse and something other than your role 
um, or your job or your children, because if it is in those things, uh, it's they're going to fail you. And Tyler fails me, and I fail Tyler. And so we have to be anchored in something other than ourselves. We have to be anchored in Christ, honestly, mm-hmm. um, because we. I, one of my favorite verses, actually, when we were in San Diego, I, I memorized is Psalms 39.7. For what do I wait? My hope is in you, Lord. There's nothing that I'm waiting for, and there's nothing that's going to come. You know, nothing better is going to come along. I already have Christ, and Christ is sufficient. Um, so that is a <laughs> long answer to... You know, I don't even know what your question was. No, we were talking, it wasn't really a question so much as a, as a, a subject. We were talking about, you You know, one of the things you wanted to, 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 you know, share was that marriage is hard, especially at first, and especially in your circumstances of being far away, and yet that worked in your favor because I, I, re- I remember it was explained to me once, and I just thought this was such a good way of explaining it, that if you both are committed to uh, making it through the tunnel of conflict, you know, if you are like, well, no, we're, we're in, we're, this is, you know, there's, we're not going to turn around, we're going to make it through this conflict, you end up on the other side all the better for having committed to making it through the conflict. I feel like you 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 you're closer. There's more connection. You're you're more knitted together. But not everybody yeah. wants to do that, and not everybody's willing to go deep or do the work of of that commitment because it's no fun when you're in that tunnel of the conflict. It's it's awful. Nobody would you know like oh. I'll go. You wouldn't, but if you if you go if you commit to it and get out the and like you said that I'm sure that your fights now and they're probably not even fights anymore. But that now they're not. It's not a you're not not you're not fighting unfairly anymore. You are now you know hey I'm concerned about this and when can we talk about it and and it's just done very differently than it was in the early years. That's my guess. Yes, and I actually also say that we, since we have three children now, we're just too tired at the end of the day to engage <laughs> in some kind of petty altercation. We just, you know, I mean, it's just not worth it. I think a lot of the things that we were up in arms about in the beginning just don't even bother us anymore. You know, there were so many silly things, I think, that we... We were, you know, had disagreements about that we probably wouldn't even think about now. Actually, the other day, Tyler and I had just a disagreement about in conversation. It was a very small thing. I don't even remember what it was. I just remember that Mary, our daughter, Marianne, our oldest, said, Wow, are, are you guys fighting? Are you okay? She's very tenderhearted and was concerned. And Tyler said, oh, you don't even know. That was nothing. (laughs) (laughs) That was not even, that was no big deal. You just don't even know. So, yeah, we, I think we just, we, I don't know. I I am thankful. It's kind of cliche, but I love him so much more, I feel like, than I did the day that I married him. And I'm, 
I think we both just, like you said, we've been knitted together um, and we have grown at, through the conflict. We have grown through the hard seasons and that is honestly God's faithfulness in our lives mm-hmm. because it could have been much worse. Um, and one thing that I will say too is that I I don't remember when this dawned on me, but I realized, I think it was when we were at Newport, because things were still hard. We had some hard days in the beginning there, too. And I was reading a book called The Peacemaker, and he talks about seeing who this person is and what their potential can be. Not just loving them for who they are now, but thinking about who they can become. Um, and and focusing on that and praying for that, you know, and um, finding joy in that. And I thought, I every once in a while, I get to see glimpses of who Tyler is going to mature to be, who he's going to become, you know. And and I rejoice in that. I'm excited about that. And in those moments when I am angry towards him, in those moments when I am enraged and don't want anything to do with him it helps my heart to think of but this this is who he's becoming and i'm excited about what god's doing in his life and what he can be when he is you know more mature and i i've seen that now he's not the same person that he was in san diego i'm not the same person i was in san diego mm-hmm. until back eight years and thinking wow, look, look how far I've come by the grace of God. That encourages me, and that compels me to keep moving forward because I know that there's so much goodness ahead. Does that make sense? Absolutely, yes, absolutely. All right, we're going to shift. Our last topic is going to have to do with you know that you're in the season now of, of having little kids and like full-time, full-blown motherhood with three. I mean, it's, there's, you know, that's, that's where you are right now. And that's a great place to be. You have some, some aspirations, some sort of inkling, uh, some, dreams that God's put on your heart or your, and you know it's not the time now, but tell us a little bit about, you know, about that, about one, the waiting of, of it timing wise. And then two, if you want to get into it all, you know, sort of what it is like, like for me, it would be this podcast. And I, I did, went into that in season one and it took a lot of years, but there were baby steps all along the way. So tell us, about that um well it actually was realized when i was in the trenches in our marriage i kind of this dream was realized and discovered in my heart when we were in one of our roughest seasons i have always i kind of it was a pipe dream to be able to help people in counseling I never thought that I would have the skin to do that because I, I feel like I just have mercy written on my forehead because people will come and talk to me about things and I just feel that. I am just empathetic and I want to help them and want to carry their burden. And I never thought you know, that I could be 
someone who could actually help and facilitate growth. Um, so that is a dream that I have, and I am, as you said, a mom of three. I am a wife. I'm a military spouse. I'm about to be a pastor's wife, probably. <laughs> so I'm kind of busy right now, but I am in my in the time that I have, in the, the, the moments when I have a little bit of quiet, that was what I worked on today when I had some quiet time was I'm able to work on pursuing counseling, um, biblical counseling. And that is something that I, I believe God wants me to do. And I think for a long time, I really wrestled with comparing myself to others. And I thought, well, so-and-so has a podcast or so-and-so has a blog or so-and-so is working and she's also a mom what am I supposed to be doing right now? And if you have the capacity for those things, then I, I think that's great. I think it's different for everybody. Mm-hmm. For me, specifically, my capacity right now is I'm just full. I'm, my brain is full. My body is tired. I don't feel that I can take on much more than what I'm already doing. Uh, but I, and so in wrestling with that, I just got frustrated, and I feel like every day I thought, well, this is another day that I'm not meeting my goals, and I'm not achieving anything uh, eternal, but my mom <laughs> always says, first of all, don't lose your vision for motherhood, for doing what God's called you to do, because you're always going to be a mom, they're always going to need you, <laughs> um, so you need to be faithful in that. And I, I do love my kids, and I, I love being a mom. That was a big dream for a long time, and I don't take it for granted. But I'm also realizing it's okay to have other dreams, and it's also okay that I'm not pursuing those dreams right now. Mm-hmm. You said it so eloquently the other night when we were chatting. It's just not the season. It's not... Um, something that the Lord wants me to put all of my energy into right now. And there are, there's going to be a season, mm-hmm. God willing, I can. And I will be able to step into that. But I know it's not the season right now because I'm having to wrestle to find time to step into that. So if, it's, if there's any kind of resistance, then I, that's probably a, a giveaway that it's not the season, right? It's not what God wants me to step into because it's not falling into place, kind of like what I talked about earlier. If God wants it to happen, he's going to make it happen one day. And I really had to come to a place too, Rochelle, where I said, I'm going to be open-handed about this, and I really want this. I desire that this happens. But also, it might not happen. Either way, it's not mine, it's God's. Right. And my hands are open, and he can take it away, and I'm going to be okay, right? Because my worth is not in that. My security is not in that. Um, but that's kind of that's part right now is I, I really want to pursue that, but I'm also peaceful and content to do what I'm doing and to be faithful in the little things because even if no one else sees, I know that God knows. And he delights in me, and he, and that's enough, right? I don't need for anyone else to approve of me because I have God's approval, and that's enough. That's right. And being a mom to three small children and a wife, and let's not let's throw into you know so the audience understands you're also homeschooling. So let's let's throw that into the mix. 
So you talk about yeah, talk about the plate being like overflowing. Yeah, you've got plenty going on right now. And I, I do love though, like you had this little moment of today or yesterday, whenever it was, where you did have a little bit of alone time and you it was a gift for you to like take one other little baby step toward what is already in your heart. So, you know, just keep those coming when you can. I mean, uh, without it being stressful, because it shouldn't be stressful. And I, I mean, honestly, I've been wanting to do this when I really think about the calendar for nine years. So, it, you know, and that's, that's like nothing in the scheme of things. But, you know, it was just little, little tiny, little inklings here and there. And you know, circumstances and time. And, and I had my own seasons that I was going through at the time, uh, finishing up raising kids and, and all of that. And um, I think you know, you know you'll have that conviction when it's time to do a little bit more or when it's time to go, like, more all in. You'll know that. Right. And, and I know yeah. I, I know you will know that. So I love the trust that you have and the patience that you you live. You actually live your patience. You don't just like, oh, that's a good thing to have. I should try to get me some of that. I mean, you you live it. So I appreciate that about you. Thanks, Rochelle. I'm encouraged and challenged by you and for many reasons, but I just when I heard and the story of you know the genesis of this podcast is just encouraging for my heart because I know the Lord gave you the desire for this and mm-hmm. you're able to do it now you know mm-hmm. so I think if God puts something on your heart um, that is something that you will God willing be able to pursue I will one day but even if I don't it's okay because that's God's will and He's he is good, and he is in control, and I can trust that. That's right. That's exactly right. Any final thoughts or words before we close? Oh, I just, I would say to your listeners to keep listening because you are an extraordinary person, <laughs> and I am just so thankful for your friendship. Um, thankful that you get to have this impact on people other than those in your, you know, just geographically, your sphere of influence. I think it's really unique and special. I'm excited that people get to listen to your voice and be encouraged by you. It's just, it's a hug for me. It's like a warm hug to get to hear your voice. <laughs> well, that just, I am verklempt all over the place. I, I could start weeping. And, and, and a lot of it would just be the joy that I get from what I'm doing. It's not even what I'm doing. What's what's this whole thing, what what it is, you know, about uh, empowering women, helping women, inspiring women. You know, we just had an episode that got released. Like, you are enough right now. Right now, you are enough. And I... I want to help speak that into women more because I think we need to not only hear that more, 
not only feel that more, but know that more. And I say that in my years of raising daughters and also uh, working with young women like yourself through all these years. I, I just... It's, I have such a heart for it now. I can't, it's like, I cannot be contained. Mm. <laughs> I just can't. It's. I, I say to you that, yes, that is, that, I mean, that is such a, I know that's such a blessing to so many. And I would also add to what you're saying that for those moments when I'm not feeling like I'm enough, um, and for your listeners, I would say, hey, just say to yourself, actually, God God is enough, and he's got this. He can handle this. Mm-hmm. And even if I don't feel like I can handle it right now, or even if I don't feel like I'm enough, I am enough in Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where our identity and our hope should be. Mm-hmm. For me, I feel like I'm not enough <laughs> more often than not. So that's kind of what I'm saying to myself is, you know what, I'm, I'm not enough just by myself, but I have Christ, and right. that, that's my lifeline. Right. And when I, to, to clarify, because I'm a fellow believer, but when I say I am enough, it's the conviction within my own heart. Sure. And that is, I don't want to say separate from my faith, because for me, it it's informed by my faith, but I also think women in general believer and non-believer alike need to feel a better sense of worth and a better sense of that they are enough and they do not need to be apologetic for who they already are. I'm so saddened by the even younger generation who's, you know, compare themselves now to these very beautiful, perfect looking Young ladies on um, social media and and all all of that, I, I just have uh, just feel for that kind of um, angst, and I you know, well that that's yeah. not, that's that's a body image is a whole other podcast. I, I talk about that too. There's no, I just yeah, I just say exactly the way you're supposed to be to anyone listening to this you're exactly the way that you're supposed to be and you're not a mistake that's right um to echo Rochelle's words you are enough because you are you are you are thought about and there's a purpose for your life yes and no mistakes you are enough just the way that you are that's right amen well thank you Susanna I love you so much I'm so sorry we didn't get to see you in Vermont I can't remember which one of your kids I think Lily was sick I think Lily Lily was sick at the time, if I remember. That was right before Zeke was born, so because that was last fall, last fall. But thank goodness for you know FaceTime and texting, and that's the you know the really great side of uh, our technology now is that we really can stay in touch with people. So I appreciate you so much. Please say hi to Tyler, and uh, give the kids a hug and. We will be in touch very soon. I love the pictures you send. I already know which one I'm going to pick. Love it. All right, my dear. We'll be in touch soon. Thank you. Thanks again. Have a good evening. Okay, you too. Bye. 
So what did I take away after my conversation with Susanna? Two big concepts. One, the reminder that there is a season, a time for some of the different chapters we are called to live. Sometimes several are happening at once and that can be a lot to juggle. It's okay to know that it's now not yet time to do a certain thing. And there is peace in the anticipation, if you allow it. Second, it is an honorable thing to serve our country, to be in this case the wife of a military person. There is sacrifice to be made, and it is clear both Susanna and her husband Tyler have done so with humility. And I think it is one of the things that struck me about our conversation, humility, being humble. I don't think it's a word or virtue we hear enough about or that enough of us strive and choose to be, but I think it's one of the most attractive qualities, one of the best character traits we can embody. Do I think you can be unabashed and humble? You betcha. You may think I only interview people I know. So far, that's true. It's an obvious place to begin. I'm open to having on women I have yet to know. So if you're feeling that tug on your heart, just let me know. We can make it happen. A big welcome to our newest country, Thailand. Thank you for being part of the conversation. We are happy to have you. For all of our listeners, you can find us on the website unabashedyou.com and under episodes you can find this one and the others that came before. The audio is embedded on each page. There you will also see a mini blog, pictures, captions, all things to spur you on, me included. Got something to say? Give us a shout out at unabashedyou at gmail.com. As for social media, you can find us under unabashedyou on Instagram and under Rochelle Renee on Facebook. Those links can be found on the website in the upper right-hand corner. Feel free to follow and or to engage in the conversation about what you have been through to be you. Lastly, you can find us on Apple Podcasts. We invite you to rate and review us there to help make us more discoverable so other women can benefit from the authentic women we have on the show. And now our blessing. Almighty God, we pray for compassion and humility in our hearts. Let us be kind, gentle, generous, loving, giving, and forgiving wherever we may go. Allow pride to never get the best of us as you fulfill our dreams. Help us not to have a boastful tongue against one another. Let humility invade our souls. Amen. And that's from the website christianstt.com. Today, ladies, let us be patient if we are eager for a new season. Let us embrace humility. And so I say, go be unabashed. Be you.